So um, what, I'm, what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of give you a, um, just a, an overview of what Nourishing the Nations is, where it came from, uh, and why we do it. Um, what's crazy about it is when we first started missions in Kenya, we weren't really, I don't guess, seeking, seeking that, but God just kind of laid it, laid it on us, um, and it's, it's, it's been an awesome thing. And so I want to put a slide up. Some of y'all may not know me. My name is Chris. This is Lisa. Um, we've got a picture of our family up here. Um, that's Mason and Logan. Mason is, has one more, like, three semesters, basically, left at Texas Tech. Logan's graduating this year from Permian. Um, and that's Mason and Logan. Uh, Lisa teaches first grade at Blanton down the street. I work for DCP Midstream, and I'm on staff here at the church. Um, so when you're driving through and you see all these pipelines out there, I try to keep the pipelines from exploding. So that's my job. So Jamie built them, and I try to keep them from exploding. So <laughs> uh, that's a little bit about us and um, about my family um, and how we got involved in, in mission work. My mom and dad have been members here forever. Um, and my dad and my mom, um, they, they raised us in the church. And my dad uh, specifically always had us involved in missions and doing something, whether it was in Mexico or world changers or whatever, we were always um, encouraged to serve in the church, and that has, that has always stuck with me. And that's what I want to pass on to my boys um, and, the, and the people in this church, is that it's not just about us. It's, it's we're here to serve and make Jesus' name famous all over the nation and all over the world. And so um, that's a little bit about, a little bit about my family. Um, and so <clears throat> I want to put this next picture up. This is kind of how we got into Kenya. So these are what I call the guinea pigs. This is our first year to Kenya in 2012. Uh, these guys and gals had the privilege of traveling with us the first time, and I had never been to Kenya. I had never put a trip like this together, and we all went, and we all made it back, so I consider it a good trip. Nobody got lost in London or Kenya or Amsterdam, anywhere. So um, what, what took us to Kenya was um, this group of students, um, when, when me and Lisa got into student ministry, uh, working with students. These students came in as eighth graders. That's when we came in and got them. And we kind of went with them all the way through through school. And they had been asking and I had been wanting to take them on a mission trip, an international mission trip. And so at the time, student life is who we went to youth camp with. They had a missions arm, servant life. Um, and I called them up and he said, well, here's our list. And I just picked Kenya. I was just drawn to Kenya. And that's how we got uh, started in Kenya. Uh, we ended up serving with Mataw Children's Village, and we had plans to go back um, the next summer in 2013, um, but that door was slammed shut in our face. I, I've, uh, I've very rarely seen God close a door like he did there, but now I see that as God's providence and what he did to bring us where we're at now. Um, and so <clears throat> Kenya, that's, we ended up in Kenya. 2013, we decided uh, the, the Rays, Chris and Sarah Ray had just moved back, uh, had moved to Odessa, and they had a mutual contact in Kenya, and so we decided that we'd take a small group. Um, you can see the a uh, couple slides forward. Um, you can see that we, we took a, a small team of about, I can't think it was five or six, to uh, Kisumu, Kenya. We built our first church there uh, in 2013. Um, that was the first Emmanuel Baptist church that we built. That church is no longer there. Um, the pastor that was there just kind of, um, we've, we've learned a lot, and the church was not ready to be, to be planted there yet. And so that church is no longer there. Um, 
but we learned a lot that year, and we knew that that's where God wanted us. We saw that God wanted us to be in that area. There was a need um, for evangelism there. There was nobody really um, with the IMB out there for sure. There were some guys in Nairobi, they didn't really focus on the western part of Kenya. And so we, we came back and decided that, yes, we wanted to um, take a team in 2014 from our church. Um, and so we, I got home, actually started on the airplane, um, getting ready for that. And so um, the next slide shows um, two books that were really inf- influential in my, my, in my life and as far as missions goes. And if you're interested in reading about cool stories of, on the mission field, these are really two good books. Um, Kisses from Katie, she's in Uganda. And then A Dream So Big is a guy named Steve Pfeiffer. This is a guy that had... Um, <clears throat> they had lost a child, and they kind of went to Kenya to escape that and to serve uh, in Kajabe, Kenya, at the Rift Valley Academy. And he's, this guy, Steve, is kind of what inspired me to start the feeding program. Not, not so much inspired, but that, that I could be done. And we kind of followed his model to, a, to a, a certain extent, but really good books. And I'm friends with the guy on Facebook, on Facebook and he actually tells me happy birthday, so I think it's pretty cool. So... Um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of how we got into Kenya, and <clears throat> there's another book. When, when Landon came as our pastor, he, uh, I'm not a huge, huge reader. I do more audio books because I drive a lot for my, for my job, and when Landon came on staff, um, as elders, we would read. He had to give, give us reading assignments. One of the books that he had us read was The Master Planet of Evangelism. It was one of my favorite books, and it really talks about how Jesus, of course, chose the 12, but chose a smaller group within the 12. He chose the three to really focus on. And Jesus knew that in order to change the world, he was going to have to focus on those three because the people are what are going to change the world. And so that's kind of what we've done in Kenya is we've, we've got five pastors we work with. There's a bunch of pastors over there, and there's a bunch of guys who claim to be pastors, but we have chosen these five to focus on so that they can train their people up and make disciples, and so they can make disciples. And so that's kind of where we, we don't, we're not just over there just in a whim, just doing what we think that we should do. We, we, are, we are focused, and we have a plan on what we're doing, and we base it on Scripture. Um, <clears throat> so the next, the next slide shows the kids at Jolly Kids Nursery School. We went there in 2013. Uh, we, we, we went back for a couple more years. You can see these kids. Um, this is just another ministry that was there. We weren't involved with that. We would just go feed the kids. But you can see that the kids were... They're seated on the ground. Um, the kids were always hungry. They were um, the teachers, the, the volunteers were hungry, and we kept going back and back and back, and we kept seeing the same thing. And money was getting pumped into that, um, but we never saw any change. And so we had decided at that point that it's time for us to move. It's time for us to do something to help these children out because we knew how much stuff cost, and we, we, we could see that with just a little bit of money that we could really change um, the story of these children. And so <clears throat> we knew that at that time that it was time to move. And so um, I'm kind of a big dreamer. Um, I like big dreams. I like big plans. Um, I'm not one to just sit back and let things happen. I like to get in the middle of it, and sometimes it causes me problems and a lot of stress, and it causes Lisa a lot of stress. Um, but I knew that God had big, big, big plans for us. And so we decided... <clears throat> that we were going to try to start a nonprofit ministry. And to me, that was kind of scary, but it was something that I, that I knew God was laying on us. And so we came up with the name Nourishing the Nations. 
And just in the last few weeks, we've changed our logo to add Kenya to it. I want it to be country-specific because that's where we do all our work. And so that's our new logo. Um, And Corey actually helped make that with some dude who's really good at doing that kind of stuff. But I think it's a pretty cool logo. The guys in Kenya like it. So so in in early 2017, um, we we got our nonprofit 501c3 status from from the government. And so... We dove in head first, and it was God's timing, and his timing was perfect. And so I'm going to have Lisa um, read our mission statement to you, um, and you can find this on our website. Our website address is on that piece of paper that you took. Nourishing the Nations exists to provide <clears throat> nourishing meals to the children of Kasumu County in western Kenya. These meals are provided through partnerships with local Kenyan pastors. As we provide nourishing meals for children, we pray that children and their families would come to know eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so that's, that's what we want. We don't, we don't want to just go over there and, and feed children. We don't want to go over there and, and build a home for someone and leave. Our goal is to see these children and their families come to know the Lord. And one of the ways we can do that is by providing a meal for these, for these um, children. And so the next slide shows our five guys. And so what I did was I, I asked these guys, I said, can you send us a video introducing yourselves? Well, in Kenya, they'll just, they'll, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so they did it. And it was kind of windy outside. And so there's some wind noise in this video that we're about to show. Um, but it's got subtitles on it. And so I hope you enjoy this. These guys are so excited that you're watching this tonight. And so you have no idea. And so why don't y'all watch this? I really thank Nourishing of the Nation to help our child very, very much. And now the kids are enjoying me. They are their attendance at school is very paramount. That's all I can say. Thank you. I am Pastor David Okelo, Utu Baptist Church. I want to say thank you very much, guys, for standing together with us since we started the ministry. God has done, has done wonderful things in the community, and we have seen the growth spiritually uh, as God lived in the children around us. Thank you very much for doing this ministry with us. Thank you. Hello, friends. My name is Pastor JB of Rafogi Baptist Church. I want to thank you so much, the Nourishing Nation. I am delightful the ministry has done in the community the ministry has a lot of impact and the growth of my church at large and I want to say may God bless you as we keep on carrying on with the work of God I praise the Lord this is second Peter pastor from First Baptist Church I want to take this opportunity to thank you all for the good work that you guys have done uh, particularly the founders of this ministry of nourishing the nation for all that you have done uh, to help our church grow. This ministry now in the nation has helped our church. Uh, from the kids now, we are able to reach our adult people, our adult members through this ministry. Thank you all for all this you are doing. The founders, the contributors, and everybody in this ministry. May God bless you so much. Hello, brethren. I am Pastor Peter from Anjejo Baptist Church. I thank the Almighty God who partner with the, uh, the Church of Emmanuel, Emmanuel Baptist Church 
and our church and the Baptist church. The partnership was started in 19, in 2017. Since then, we have received blessings and uh, improvement in our church. We have received uh, the, the, the proper washroom. We have received uh, a hall for the children to, to, to eat three days every week. And also, we have received many blessings from widows. We have received seven houses for the needy widows which are now our church members. Also, we have received a lot of blessings in my ministry. Recently, my, 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 my wife, Mary, was, was sick and I received a lot of blessings that make her to receive medicines. And also, the, the, the Church of Emmanuel stand with, with me to pray for her. Uh, until now, she's doing well. Thank you. God bless you. So that's, that's pretty cool. I love seeing those guys. Um, and if you know, if you've ever been to Kenya, I mean, usually there's chickens running around and goats, and the chickens are hollering and screaming. And, and you can see JB making hands. He's waving everybody and telling his kids to be quiet. And so that's just Kenya. Everything goes on. It's the beautiful chaos, as I call it. <clears throat> so those guys are going to be really excited to know that you got to see them tonight. They, they really wanted you to hear their voices. So it's uh, awesome. So this right here is the first church that our church built in 2014. This is Emmanuel Baptist Church, Magina. And this is um, Pastor Jared, the little short guy on the end. Uh, that's his, that was his church. Uh, I think Landon was there for that one. Uh, Landon got to go to, on that trip, and he got to baptize in the Muddy River, and we had a lot of fun that year. This next picture shows the kids. These are the kids that were, that were attending that area. And... This is right after a flood had come through, um, and, but this is where the kids were holding their little school. They would just had some volunteer teachers that would come in uh, and teach them the basics of English and their local language um, and math and stuff like that. But this is, what, this is how they met. And, this is, and the kids, these kids were in, a, in an area called Magina, which is on the river. It's a very remote area. And so a lot of these kids did not eat very often. In that area, a lot of the adults didn't leave the village at all to go into the city, into Kasumu. And so for these people, if they didn't grow the food, a lot of the times they didn't, they didn't eat unless someone would give them food. And so these kids were very malnourished when we first met them. Um, a lot of disease. Um, the school attendance was, was not good at all. These kids didn't go to public school because there were school fees that you have to pay. And so Pastor Jerry was just trying to do anything for his community to give them an education uh, and to give them something. And so um, I skipped something for Lisa, and I'm going to stop right there and let her read this. She's supposed to slap me when I get out of I get excited. I want her to read um, out of John 6 real quick, too. So I'm going to read John 6, 25 through 40. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who, whom he has sent. Then they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? 
Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me, I will come, excuse me, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Thank you. So that's John 6.35, and this, this scripture right here is what we have based our ministry on. This is our, John 6.35 is at the top of our website. We, we want these kids to know that Jesus is the bread from heaven, and not just to come to the church to get a meal. Um, we want these kids and their families to know that Jesus is the one who offers the eternal hope. And that it's not just something that they come and do, they eat and go home. Every time they come to, to one of our feeding sites, they hear the scripture. They, they either heard, hear a, a Bible story read. Um, one of the pastors will share something with them. Um, what, what they do here is very biblically based in the church. And so I wanted to share that scripture with you. If you check out our website, there's a, there's a few things on there, a couple blog posts. Landon has posted on there a few times. And there just kind of gives you an idea of, of kind of what our vision is that we want for, for the ministry. Um, and so I, I wanted Lisa to read that for you. And so back to, back to this. Um, we started feeding these children actually before we started nourishing the nations. It's like I told you earlier, we had seen um, in, in the area that we were in, in Owasi, Kenya, of the kids that nothing was ever changing with them. And so we wanted to make a difference in some children's lives. And so... Um, the next slide will show you, um, when we went in, uh, f- I think it was February of 16, I believe, or it, later in the 16, after a flood, we actually went through and we bought a bunch of tables and chairs and delivered them to um, Pastor Jared's house. The next picture, the, the, that's a Land Rover. They've, they stacked all the tables on top and hauled them out to the village. The next picture shows um, a picture. That's Pastor Jared's home. And so his home is on the left-hand side. And their little kitchen um, and a little storage area where they keep some other stuff for the community is in there. So all of our pastors, except for um, uh, Second Peter, live in a mud home like this. Second Peter actually lives in, in the city, and he rents a small little apartment that's in the city center. And, but they all live like this. They, most of them all have, are growing crops of some sort, and they all live in a very humble mud home. Um, and so you can see over to the right-hand side, most of them have fruit trees. Kenya is very tropical, and it's a tropical climate, and so there's fruit trees and stuff growing all the time. They usually have avocados and mangoes and just all kinds of stuff growing. they got pineapples in the ground. Um, and so I never knew pineapples grew in the ground until I went to Kenya. I'm, I'm an idiot, and I thought they grew on a tree. So the only reason I knew that because we were walking through Jared's garden. He said, don't step on my pineapples. I was like, what are you talking about? But I learned something in Kenya. <laughs> um, and so that's, um, 
Jared's house. Jared's area is called Magina again. That is one of my favorite areas to go to in Kenya. It's beautiful. It's on the river. Um, and that, that's Pastor Jared's area. So this next picture um, is a picture of Njejo Baptist Church. And so this is after we've built a feeding hall for the kids. It's a big room, which also can serve as a church. It's got a concrete floor in it. It's got metal walls, a metal roof. And it, it keeps the, the, the kids out of the uh, elements, out of the, the wind and the rain um, and the heat. The heat in Kenya, you can't imagine. It may only be 80 degrees, but you're right on the equator. You're like 10 miles from the equator. And so the sun is just brutal. And so these, these poor kids will either sit out in the sun or under a tree. I mean, it's, in Kenya, you'll see a tree um, just the size of a regular tree here, but there might be, they'll squeeze 200 people into that tree just getting the, into the shade. And so, um, and then over to the right is a typical meal that, that we would feed in a school. That one there is just beans and rice, which is my favorite in Kenya. Uh, the pastors know that, and so we at least get beans and rice once or twice while we're there. Also like some chapati, right? Where are my Kenyans at? Chapati? Mm-hmm. So if you saw one of the, in the video, you saw those rolls of dough look like they're making cinnamon rolls. That was chapati. And so they, they lay, lay those out and they roll them like a tortilla. I said tortilla, Christina, not tortilla. Um, and they roll them out and they fry them on these um, little discs. And they're really, really good. And, and so that's, that's at Njejo Baptist Church. That's First Peter, the tall um, pastor. Um, there's, a, there's First Peter, Second Peter, and Third Peter. And so we're not, I mean, it's not really a joke. I mean, that's what we call them. That's what everybody knows them by. And so the next slide will show um, IBC Magina. And so you can see to the right, that's the first picture that we had when we, when we went um, in 2016. That picture was taken, and this is today. That was from a couple weeks ago. This is the new building that we have built there now. It's got a good concrete floor in it. keeps the kids out of the elements just like the other. And every kid can sit in a table and sit at a chair. They no longer have to eat in the dirt. Um, it gives the kids some dignity. For most of these kids, this is the first time that they've ever sat at a table to eat. And so we're not, and I want to reiterate, we're not trying to go to Kenya and make them like us. We're not doing that. But there are some things that we can do for them to improve their, their health and their hygiene. Uh, when, when these kids are not sitting in the dirt to eat, it's just better for everybody. I mean, I think everyone could agree with that. And these tables and chairs are not that expensive. Okay, we can get a chair for $2 and a table for about $8. And so it's a very minimal expense. And they also serve as tables and chairs for the school. And so they have m- many purposes. Um, and so you can see um, the great change in the children. And so when we, when we first started going, the kids would have um, bald heads, and they would have a, a white um, fungus on their head, and that was from the malnutrition. Eyes were really yellow. Um, bloated stomachs, just all signs of malnutrition. Um, they were sick a lot. And now the kids, when we go to Kenya, hardly any of the kids in our programs um, have the, the, the fungus in their heads anymore. Um, they all look healthier. Our pastors and their wives, their families look healthier. Um, they benefit too from the ministry because they can eat from the food that's purchased from the ministry. Just the whole outlook for each of the men and their families and their churches have changed by a simple meal. Um, and so that, to me, seeing those pictures like that is very encouraging. Um, so, like I said, I've said this many times, IBC Magina was our first location. And so we've been feeding there the longest. Now at this site, we have um, a new church building uh, that serves as a church and the feeding hall. They have brand new toilets, which are outhouses. Um, we, we built outhouses for them. They've got a, a kitchen. 
And just recently, in the last few weeks, we have installed a big rain containment. Of, uh, it's like a 3,000-liter barrel, and it catches all the rainwater off of the roof, and so they can drink that water. Right now, they get the water out of the river to drink, and they just filter it through shirts. You know, they'll put shirts on the barrel and pour the water through, and it just filters all the big particles out, and they put a chemical in there to kill any of the parasites. Our, our plans in the future is to drill a water well there uh, at that location. So the next picture shows... Um, the ladies uh, cooking and serving. So this is the typical way. The picture on the right is inside one of the kitchens. They cook on the ground, um, and they just use firewood. Uh, we, some One church does have a gas burner, but the gas can get really expensive. And so for right now, they, they just cook on the ground. And that's, just, that's the typical way that in, in Kenya and most African countries that you cook is just on the ground. And most of the time, you cook outside. Um, but we... They do cook in there, and if it's really hot, they might cook outside because it gets hot in there anyway, uh, but sometimes they do cook outside. And then the ladies on the left um, are serving the meal. Each church has two, two um, cooks, that, and then the pastors and some others help serve the, the children. Um, I'm telling you what, and these ladies work extremely hard, extremely hard. So what I want to do real quick is walk through you with our five partnering churches. This first one um, is, is Pastor Jared. That's Pastor Jared and his wife, Mary. Um, when we first met Jared, he hardly spoke English. Um, and his English has gotten so much better because, uh, it's not because of us, it's just because of um, him exposing himself more to the people in his area and, and getting out of his village and learning to speak the, the English instead of the Luo. These, all of these men and their families are Luo. Um, there's, I think, 43 tribes in Kenya, and we work with the Luo, L-U-O, Luo. And so that's his compound. You can see on the, very, on the bottom picture on the right, you can see the little building on the left. Those are the outhouses, the, the toilets, or they call washrooms. And then the building in the middle is the, the feeding church building, and the, kitchen, and the building on the right is the kitchen storeroom. And so um, his house is about um, maybe 1,000, 1,500 feet from there. In the river, like I'm standing over by the river to take that picture. And so that's, that's what we want all of our sites to eventually be. They all have permanent structures. They're good structures, concrete floors, and all the structures. Um, Pastor Jared used to be one of the shy guys. He was real quiet, real timid. He's not that way anymore. Uh, he's really come out of his shell. He's a funny guy. Um, all the Kenyans love to laugh and cut up. Um, and his wife, Mary, is super sweet. Um, and so that is Pastor Jared and his wife, Mary. They have a bunch of kids. I couldn't even begin to tell you all their names. So um, they have a bunch. So the next one is First Peter and his wife, Mary. So it's Jared and Mary, and now it's Peter and Mary. This is First Peter. Um, First Peter is, they also call him Father Peter because he's the most senior of the guys. He's what we would call the greatest among equals. And so he kind of is the ringleader. He's the one who sets schedules. He's the one who um, does all of the uh, administration uh, amongst the guys. This is his compound here on the bottom right. Um, you can see, so the building that's straight ahead is the, is the feeding hall. His church is on the back side of that. It's a big permanent brick building. His father was donated that land and they built the church. And the kitchen is over to the right. And then you can see the tents over to the left. That is from our, our pastor's conference that we had. The, the women meet outside under the tent. And then one of the cool things about Pastor Peter is that some missionaries went over a long time ago. And that metal box that's sitting right in the middle of the picture, that's actually a water well. 
And so they drilled a water well there. And in the front, you, he's got a, a tank that they pump that water into, and he's got two one-inch pipelines, one that runs down the street and one that runs out behind him for about a mile. And he's put water taps on it for his community. And so it's a really cool thing that he does for them. And he also has the big water tanks in the church property where people can come and fill up their water jugs. And so, again, that's um, Pastor First Peter and his wife, Mary. The next one is Pastor JB and his wife, Rachel. They were the third site that we started feeding in. Um, and JB just recently in the last year, year and a half, has taken over as pastor of this church. This is Rapogi Baptist Church. This is the oldest Baptist church in that part of Kenya. It was started in, the, I think, the 50s by some Western missionaries. I think it was the first, the first Baptist church in that area. Um, and there's only been three pastors. There was Pastor Hunter, Pastor Reuben, and now Pastor JB. And so this, this church is right off of the Kasumu to Nairobi Highway. And so it's easy to access. And JB has got a kitchen behind the building. Um, and you can see the concrete out in the front. We actually, they actually had to cut off about 15 foot of their church because the highway department came in and said, you're too close to the highway. And so they had to move a bunch of his building off. We helped them with that as well uh, to make his church right again. But JB was one of the first guys that I met in Kenya in 2013. Me and him are very close. Everyone used to make fun of me when I would go over there because every time I left, they knew that me and JB were going to have a crying fest right there everywhere. And so I would always cry when I had to leave JB. Um, JB's a good guy. And that dude can sing. You know, in Kenya, they don't use a lot of pianos and stuff like that and instruments. That dude can sing. Um, I wish we had more time. I could let you listen to him sing, but uh, we just don't have the time. So that's Pastor JB. They've got a bunch of kids too. He's adopted. They've all have adopted kids. They have their own and then they have adopted kids. And so Pastor JB and Rachel. The next one is Second Peter. Um, and I'll be real honest with you. When I first started going to Kenya, Second Peter, me and him, I just didn't like him that much. Um, but now Second Peter is probably one of my favorite guys in Kenya. He is the one that I can count on to get stuff done. He is, um, that's his wife, Anne. So Second Peter and Anne. Um, Second Peter, um, so all of our pastors have a, a trade. He is an electrician by trade. Um, and he has a construction company that's called Kudogu, Kudogu Contractors. And so all of the building that we do, he is kind of the general contractor for it. And he's got one of our friends, Boaz, that is his uh, fundi or specialist. A fundi can be anything, a plumber, a builder, whatever. Uh, and so that's, that's Second Peter and Anne. And so Second Peter did not have church property. They were renting a place, and so I'm super excited about this. We just purchased land here. This is his, this is his land, and right now they're in the process of clearing that land. We're building. Uh, I asked him what order he wanted to go in because we're trying to raise funds for it. I said, what order do you want to go in? And so right now we're, we've just got the fence built. We're building um, a new kitchen and toilets, and as soon as those are done and we get the, the funds raised, we're going to build his church structure. And so Really excited about that. It's right in the city center, um, and this is pretty much, we're, we're considering this a church plant of Nourishing the Nations and Emmanuel Baptist Church. There's a huge community there that needs to hear the gospel. And trust me, they hear it because he's got speakers and they blared into the community. <laughs> so we're super excited about this location. And, and if, I'll talk about that in a minute. So let's go to our, our, fifth, our fifth site. This is Pastor David and his wife, Ann. So we've got Ann's and Mary's. Um, and, and Rachel. Um, Pastor David is a, was a quiet guy. Um, 
Not so much anymore. Uh, he, he loves to laugh. And he, as you can tell, he, can, he does belly laughs. And so when he starts laughing, you better get out of the way. So, and the guys give him a hard time, too. It's, it's hilarious. The guys give him a hard time. He's, he's funny. Uh, he's got a, a, a super sweet spirit about him. Um, but that's Pastor David and his wife, uh, Anne. Anne is currently pregnant. And so we're praying for them. She's had some complications. We're praying for them uh, as, as she's carrying the child. Um, David also does not have a permanent church home right now. And so we are happy to announce, too, that we have purchased land for him as well. And so that's his, that's his piece of land. Um, they're in the process of clearing it. The fence is built. And it's, they're about halfway through building the toilets for the, for the church and the school. And as soon as the toilets are done, they'll build a kitchen. And then we'll raise the funds for the church structure. And this is a really nice piece of property in Owasi, Kenya, which is, they're all pretty close to each other, but they all have different counties, so to speak, and areas. And so we're really excited about, um, about the, the stuff going on here with, with our partners. One of the things we want to, what we want to do is give these, these children uh, and the church staff and their families a good, safe place to come and, and do ministry, to feed the kids, to teach them the gospel, a place where they can corporately meet together just like we do. Right now they're meeting in a rented building, and sometimes they meet outside. Uh, and so we're excited to be able to, to provide that for them. Um, so one of the things that we are very happy about, and we, this is what we wanted as part of our ministry. Um, the next slide shows three people, or more, more people than that, but three people I want you to focus on. The top one, top left, um, you see Sarah Ray and Christina and Shar and Lisa. And then there's a lady in the middle, called, her name is Sarah. Sarah was walking by Jared's house one day and noticed the construction and what was going on and the kids eating and being fed. And she asked what was going on. Uh, and, and Jared talked to her. Well, Sarah was near death at the time. She had left the area. Um, Sarah was involved in some things that she shouldn't have been involved in. Um, but because of... What's going on in the, in the ministry there? And, and Jared, um, and God's great mercy and grace, Sarah is now a believer. She lives right by the church. Um, we actually built a home for her um, with our partners. Uh, and so she's got a home right, right beside the church. And so she's one example of someone that has come to know the Lord. So, and then the lady on the bottom um, in the pink shirt, her name is Helen. So if you remember Shalavine, the girl with the, with the foot, that is her mother. Um, and so we got to meet Helen uh, in Shalavine uh, this last trip, and I am super happy about it. She, uh, Hel- Helen is now a believer, and they're coming to church on a regular basis. They're involved. She's involved in the ministry now um, in Nourishing the Nations. She helps out with the kids and stuff like that. Still working on her husband. The pastor is still working on the husband, um, but she's involved. And, and then the guy on the right-hand side, his name is Michael. This is a really cool story. So Michael... Um, was just walking by one day as well. And we hadn't started the construction on the new toilets yet, but Jared was looking for someone to dig the holes. They dig them really, really deep. And this guy volunteered to do it. His name is Michael. Michael's a Muslim. Michael was a Muslim. And so through him digging the holes and Jared just pouring into that guy and teaching him the truths of the scripture and the gospel, um, Michael is now a believer. And Michael's children are believers. And Michael is a very active member of that church now. Um, when we were there in, uh, in March, we were driving by and we were in the Matatu and we were headed up to the, the church and somebody said, hey, look, there's Michael. There was Michael walking to meet us. 
You know, so here's a man who was a Muslim who was, who was going to hell. But by the mercy and grace of, of Jesus Christ, Michael is now a believer. And these are just a few of the stories that I, that I pulled out to, to, just to show you what God is doing through the ministry and through the men um, and women who are serving there. Um, and so the next, that's, that's one aspect of the ministry that we wanted. So this, that's Shalavine on the right. That's Shalavine. Uh, for those of you that don't know Shalavine and her story, she was the one that was burned. Her foot had drawn up and grown into, back into her leg. And so we saw her in the village, and we, we arranged to have surgery on her foot. And she can now walk, wear shoes on both feet. It's a really cool story. Um, and, because of, and because of that situation, her family, her mom, is now a believer. Um, and then this little boy on the left, his name is Lincoln. Lincoln is also at Magina in the program. Lincoln has sickle cell anemia, and he is sick a lot. And so through the ministry, we're able to provide medical care for, for Lincoln. And so not only do we provide meals and stuff like that, we're also partnering with our pastors to make sure some of these kids who are really sick get the care that they need. And so because of that, um, just the, taking him to the doctor and, and buying a, a few prescriptions, um, Jared and those guys were able to minister to that family, to share the gospel with them. Um, and so we're really excited about that part of, of our ministry as well. And so the next slide shows my buddy Boaz. Boaz is on the right. Um, he's one of my favorite guys over there too. I met him in 2013. He is a hardworking dude and he is good at what he does. He's a fundi. And so he is a, he's a carpenter. So he can, do, he can build anything out of anything. And so the, the first step on any project is they build a ladder. They don't ever take a ladder. They just build a ladder. And that's the ladder. And then when they're done, they'll leave it there, and it'll stay there forever. But right now, this, this is a picture from um, yesterday, I think yesterday or the day before. And, you, and they're building, uh, that's the new kitchen that they're building at Second Peter's Church. And you can see the barbed wire fence on the back. Um, and so that's Boaz and one of his helpers. And the next slide, I think it's just another um, picture of them working. Um, and so that's, that's a typical construction project in Kenya, um, barefoot, up on metal roofs, and that's, that's Kenya. It's one of the beautiful things about being there. Um, I think the next picture might be, uh, let me see, yeah, so, so that are the new toilets that we're building right now at First Baptist Ahero. That's the name of Second Peter's Church, First Baptist Sahara. And so you can see the guy over there, he just started digging the hole. Well, about the next day and a half, that dude's about 20 feet down in the ground. And, I mean, there's no OSHA, there's no confined space permits. The guy just jumps down in the hole and on a rope, you know. And so he's digging, and the other guy's pulling dirt up by the bucket. And so the left-hand side picture, the hole's dug, and they're building a concrete base. And today, they were actually putting the, the brick up on the toilet. And so we want a good place for every child and adult in that area to be able to go to the restroom, something we take for granted every day. A lot of these people have to just go wherever they can find. And so one of the things we like to do, again, is provide a little bit of dignity for our, our friends and family there. And we can do that by providing a toilet for them at the church. Um, a few of the other things that, that we're, we're working on, we're one of our main goal, our future goals is, is some water projects. We're wanting to drill some water wells uh, in some of these areas. Um, clean water is something we take for granted. I know we have Odessa water, and it stinks, and it doesn't taste real good, but we can at least drink it, and it won't kill us. And so in the future, we're hoping to be able to drill um, some water wells uh, in this area uh, as time and, and, and funds allow. 
Um, one of our, one of my future plans, and I haven't told a lot of people this, but I'll tell you because I know that you'll pray about this. One of the things that we're looking at in the future is right now when we go to Kenya as a church and as a Nourishing the Nations ministry, we stay with um, one of our partners, the Okellos. One of the things that I, like I, I told you earlier, I dream big, and I like, I like to have goals that I think are attainable. Um, one of the things we're looking at in the future is buying our own piece of property in Kenya and building a mission home that we can host our teams and that we can run our ministry out of. Right now, the way the ministry works is, is every month I send money to um, each of the five pastors. They're responsible for going out, purchasing the food, and um, just running the ministry. As part of that, we pay two cooks each week to, to cook the food for the children. We pay them $10 a week. I know that doesn't sound like a much to us, but to them, it's, it's a really good income for them. So we're paying two, two cooks $10 each a week. And we, we buy the firewood, and we also give the pastors money um, for their motorcycles to, to haul the food back and forth on. Everybody in Kenya, wait, um, most of the guys ride, ride motorcycles. They call them boda bodas. Um, and they'll put 10 people on a motorcycle. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And so our, our plans is to buy that piece of property and be able to host our teams, have someone, someone from one of our Kenyan people live on the property, store, buy, buy food in bulk, and store it on, on the property and have someone there dist- distribute the food. We can buy the food a lot cheaper that way and make it more economical for us. And we're also looking at working with the guys, becoming more self-sustainable, helping them um, to acquire some land where they can actually grow a lot more of the food. Right now, they just don't have a lot of room to grow. They can grow for their families, but they can't grow a lot. And so we don't, we don't want them to solely rely on us for everything. We want to make them self-sustainable. And, and by growing food is one way that we can do that. And so you can see right here, and I, I'm not, let me just preface this with, with saying this. I'm not, this is not a fundraising campaign. I'm just telling you what our ministry does. And I think it's beneficial for people to know what we do. And so for $35, um, we can feed an entire school full of children each day. And so that's usually anywhere from 60 to 150 kids a day, depending on what location, what time of year. And right now we're currently feeding three times a week, um, our plans are to feed five times a week, um, but right now Kenya is in a very bad drought, and the prices of food have skyrocketed, and so we just can't do that yet. Um, and $400 feeds an entire school um, for a month. And so you can see that the math doesn't add up from a month to a day, but there's some fees in there that, that don't have to happen every day. And so $35 a day feeds a school for a day. $400 a month will go um, for an entire school. Our church for a month. Um, all right, let's go to this next slide real quick. This is how that you can pray for nourishing the nations. And I know that this group of people in here, you come on a Wednesday night, so I know that you are faithful. And so this is what I would like for you to consider praying for nourishing the nations, their pastors and their families. These guys, um, you can see that they live, a, they live humble lives, but they serve mightily. I wish you could see um, what they do in Kenya. Um, pray for their pastors, our pastors and their families. And then the children and their families that we serve. Um, these kids, um, sometimes the only food they get is what, is what they get from us and a little bit more. And so please um, pray for their families. And the volunteers who work with the ministry, both here in the U.S. and in Kenya, we have a, 
our ministry has a really good board of directors here in the U.S. It's Landon and Brooke Coleman are on it. Uh, Coleman, I just say your last name. Why did I say your last name? Um, Shari and Christian are on our board. Chris and Sarah Ray, Ski and Christy Condry, and then Lexi Condry. I'm not leaving anybody out. Um, they work really hard. Shara is the financial guru over there. All the money that comes in and out of the ministry goes through Shara. And so Shara does a really good job of keeping us on, in track and keeping us out of trouble. And pray for integrity and accountability throughout the ministry. And that's not just for the guys in Kenya. That's for us too. We want to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. And we want our, our pastors to do the same as well. And then pray for rain in Kenya. Um, rain in Kenya is crucial for the animals and the crops. Right now, animals are dying because there's just no water. It is starting to rain, and so that's a good sign. Um, like I said earlier, for some, if you don't grow it, you don't eat it. And so just pray for rain. And pray that, that many would come to know the Lord through this ministry. We're seeing that. We're seeing churches grow. We're seeing children and their families come to know the Lord uh, through the ministry, and so we're super excited about that. Um, and pray that in all that we do in nourishing the nations, both here in the U.S. and in Kenya, that God would receive the glory. We're just his hands and feet. We're just doing what we think the Lord has, has guided us to do and led us to do, and we want God to receive all the glory for that. And we're just excited to be able to do what we do in Kenya. Uh, I hope we can do it for a long time. I hope, I hope my kids do it. I hope some kids from this church do it. Lexi Condry right now is upstairs talking to the to students about our ministry. And so I'm excited about um, some things that are happening in Kenya. I'm excited that many of you in here um, support our ministry. And so... One of the things um, as we end, um, that little handout that I gave you um, has got all the five pastors and their churches and their wives. I would like for you to take that home and put it somewhere where you'll see it um, often so you can pray for them. Um, and when you see their faces, it reminds you of them uh, and reminds you to pray for them. You can, visit, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, we, I, we try to post every day or every day of the progress of the ministry. And then um, you can go to our website, nourishingthenations.org. You can kind of um, read some of the blog posts. You can, again, this is, this is not a fundraising deal, but I'll say you can donate on the website through PayPal. Um, and so um, that's Nourishing the Nations. We're super excited. We love doing what we do. The, the, we're seeing huge um, growth for the kingdom there. Um, and many of you have gone with this, and I hope many more go.